Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Part two, who should set up their own business in semi-retirement? Thanks, Michael. So, obviously, part two of our series around uh, setting up your own business or being self-employed is probably a better way to put it in in semi-retirement. So, um, we obviously talked at great length about why... Uh, it it is a it can be a really useful thing for a lot of people setting up your own business and, and going out on your own in in sort of those last few years of your working life and um, you know in the early years of your retirement all the advantages all the all the positives to to doing so what we want to talk about here is more around um, I guess the, the who who is this suitable for and who isn't it suitable for because it is um, there's obviously going to be some people that that this strategy is is a really good fit for in a lot of ways and there's others that it, it's just not it's either not appropriate for them based on the type of work they do or the type of knowledge they have or just the type of personality that they are so i guess firstly the 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 people that shouldn't um, set up their own business in in semi-retirement is uh, number one, probably people who just the thought of it makes their brain hurt. Uh, mm. I think we we did a podcast about this a little while ago about uh, what was the, the does, does thinking about money make you make your yeah. brain hurt? So there are some people that the thought of okay, well you've got to set up a uh, separate bank account for your business, and just that that step one, and they go oh, just the idea of it just makes me. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather go and. Uh, dig a hole in in the sun for twelve hours straight, rather than have to ring the mm. bank and do that. So if 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 you're that way inclined, if you just the idea of it, of looking at it or thinking about it, just makes your brain completely hurt, then then don't do it because there are. You know, I talked at, at great length in the last podcast about how the friction of setting up your own business has gone down by a lot. It is very easy to do a lot of these things, but there are still hoops that you got to jump through, and there are things that you have to do. And if it's going to cause you you know, way more pain than, than any financial benefit that you're going to get out of it, then, then just don't do it. So. You know, there's countless hours spent just working out what your internal processes are going yep. to be, for example. So mm. so what gets produced, yep. by whom and when and yep. how that all flows. Now, yep. you're wearing many hats yes. usually as the yep. the sole employee of this new business yep. but you still have to put in you know, yep. countless yes. countless hours yep. just, to, just to work out exactly how to... Yeah. To even get things started well, that's from an internal point of view, we were just talking about this before having having a coffee about um, you know Nicola with with her law firm. You know, she's she's been a lawyer for ten years, and and setting up just the setup of her business, we estimate probably took a thousand hours mm. from from go to way from the, from the genesis of the idea to mm. actually being operating and you know having money coming in the door. It's probably a thousand hours worth of just. Mm. You know, she had to do a course to to be you know, a practice management courses. Obviously, as a as a lawyer, um, you know there was the setup of a setup of a company, setup of bank accounts, you know cards, all that sort of thing. Signing up for software, as you said, getting systems in place, templates, all these sorts of things. That it's often easy to forget when you when you do work for someone that 
you know, as an employee, there's a lot of these things that are just taken care of, you know, even mm. basic things like payrolls and, mm. you know, things like that, uh, you know, tax, um, all those sorts of things that are just happening behind the scenes. If if even if picking up that rock and, and looking under that rock is, is going to cause you to to uh, to give you a headache, then then you probably shouldn't go down this road. Mm. And and it's you know it's one of those things I think where when we look at this as to who this fits, we really always got to understand like everything with our retirement planning or our financial planning is the point of it all is to live the lifestyle we want. So there's nothing inherently valuable about setting up a business and just because then you can puff your chest out and say, I've got my own business. We want, we want this business, we want any sort of business to serve us as an individual and, and to serve our element. And, you know, obviously in most cases, the only way that you, you get to, yeah, you know, that, that does serve you is, is by serving other people and your customers and all the rest of it. But the point here is that if the pain that's going to be caused, um, from this business is going to be more than any financial or emotional benefit that you're going to get, then then just don't do it. So that's, I guess, the first caveat to that. In terms of what I go through here is a, a list of not so much criteria, but of the types of um, people that I've seen setting up, the starting to work for themselves in semi-retirement, the people who I've seen this work really well and some of the, the commonalities across them. Mm. And this isn't to say that you need... Uh, all of these or really any of these to run your own business. It's just that this is where we've seen it work really well. So firstly is you often want to be an expert in your field um, and and that's, you know, basic capitalism, which is that if you have something that, that is uh, very valuable to, to a lot of people, if you have knowledge that a lot of people don't have, you will be able to charge more um, for for the value that you can that you mm. can add to people and and you will get paid more as a result. So, you know, for an example, um, again going back to Nicola, she's a personal injury lawyer. So, if you have a, have a workplace injury or a medical negligence um, incident, to even get started understanding how that whole claims process works is is, is ten years worth of worth of experience. Mm. So, for people who have that situation that they just want this problem resolved. They're going to be willing to pay her uh, a lot of money for her time to to solve that issue. So it, it tends to be, you know, the point of what we're trying to do here is is be able to have be be semi-retired and not have to work eighty hours a week to to earn the income that we want. So if you're an expert in your field, you're probably going to be able to charge much more for for the time that you do spend working on things, and because of that, you can work less hours and and basically make make more money. Yeah, look, and and you know, you're talking about your wife is an expert in her field after 10 years worth of working. Yeah. What we're talking about here for our clients yeah. is that they've, they've been in that same field, some of these people, for 40 years. years. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they've, they've even, they have even more experience yep. and they've worked out, you know, yep. what works and what doesn't work and yep. all of that, all of that knowledge. Yeah. Is built up like an asset yes. on a balance sheet. That's exactly like that's it, a, it's, a great it's, way to think it's, of it. It's, it's an asset. It, it's it's human capital versus financial capital. Mm. Is, is that you have that ability, you have that knowledge, you know how to make things happen, and that, that's a great point because it's not um, another thing that I, that I add there is that you know I use Nicola as the example as a lawyer, but this isn't to say that it has to be a white collar job like no. one that I you know you see this a lot with um, builders, for example, where mm. You, you see, or tradesmen that that might be in their sixties, and they might um, have one very niche. Like I've, I've heard of an older builder who 
all he does is builds disability ramps, and that's it. And and because of that, he is the expert in that. He knows exactly how to how to get it done. He can get it done in a way that is is very quick, very easy, very painless to him, very painless for his clients. Charges uh, a really healthy rate to do it. And so that's kind of what we're talking about is is being the expert in your field is that. Most people, if you've worked for 40 years, there's something that you're an expert in. Mm. You, you might not feel like it, and that's often what we, what we find is that people, people discount the things that they know or the, the knowledge that they have after so many years of work because they just assume that everyone else knows it. But you know, using that, that example of that bloke where you know, if I had to put a disability ramp on my house, I wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know no. where, to, where to go to find out about it. So. You, you only you have to be an expert in in your field, in, and it doesn't really matter what that field is. No, no, because there's. I mean, I imagine that's an area of of legislation where yes. you have to have. Yeah, well, that's know, right. It has to have a certain fall, and it has to yeah. be built to a certain quality, and it has to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to 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 have all of that. Yeah. And he would have learned the hard way. Yeah. But that knowledge is stored now. Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, so it's, it's, the it's one really... that got knocked back for, <laughs> yeah. you know, yes, five years not... ago or ten years ago for yep. certification, the final certification, yep. is stored. the knowledge of that is stored yep. and he'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. So, then, like, yeah, things can be done yeah. from a far more um, efficient yep. uh, aspect and, and from a position of... of, of um, yeah, yeah. Being an expert, that, that's exactly right. So that's, I guess, um, point one. There is, is an expert in their field is probably the best fit for this type of model. Mm. Um, second part, and sort of within that, is that if you have a niche or, or a very specific area that you're really passionate about, so you know that's a good example of you know someone who's a builder and has been a builder for forty years. It's it's going to be pretty tough as a sixty five year old builder, and you don't you know you're not going to you don't want to do. Um, you don't want to be outside in the sun swinging a hammer, you know, for 50 hours a week. It's going to be very hard for you to compete with, the, you know, a, a freshly, um, you know, a 25-year-old who's willing to work twice as hard for half the amount of money. Mm. But if you've got a niche or a real little focus area that you're really passionate about, that that's going to be something that's really valuable to people, like that example of, you know, building disability ramps. Is, and you often find that, I, I mean, I find this... Over your over your working life, people have often you know, you, you go through a thing where at the start you're just learning everything and then over time you gravitate towards the thing that you are the, you are best at and that you are most mm. uh, excited about and so it becomes the, the niche that you're really passionate about. And you know, to go back to your example of, of Kathy who for her who's worked in the dental field in general for, you know, forty years. She's really passionate about working with kids in that developmental stage and, and mm. there's a very niche area that she's um, really excited about and, and has spent a lot of years building up her knowledge in that, in that area. Um, normally, that's, sort of, um, that's the type of thing as well that you, that you want to be doing in that um, running your own business, especially in semi-retirement where you might not want to be competing by working huge amounts of hours or, or doing these big jobs. You want to have one little thing that you own that you are the expert at, that you are the best at, that you can that can really focus in on. Um, the third one that I've just got written down here is often what we find this works best with services business. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, looking at those examples of uh, you know, a builder, a, a, builder, a lawyer, um, you know, uh, someone who works in the dental industry, those sorts of things where if you have to go and spend 
a million dollars on fitting out a, a workshop or, or machinery or something like that, you're putting yourself on the hook for, for a lot mm. of risk there. What you, what you really want is to, to try and set something up that has very low um, setup costs and that has very low overheads where possible. And, and the point of that is both um, you're minimizing your risk uh, for a start, so you're not you're not going to go and spend hundreds of thousand dollars on getting set up, and then it not be what you wanted to do, and and you sort of wipe that money. But also moving forward, what that allows you to do, which you touched on in our last podcast, is it allows you to then be able to dial that up and dial that down. So if you've got huge overheads every month, you have to be going, getting in the revenue, getting in the business to to support that. Whereas if you're running very very lean and you and you've got very low overheads. You can just sort of park your work for, for three months and, and go and travel and go and do those things and then come back and, and pick it back up and, and it's not costing you a huge amount to, to keep you know keep things ticking over. So that's that's a big one for me is it generally fits best for those services type businesses that have those low overheads and, and have low inventories and that kind of thing. And one of the things that I'd think about as well is can I can I take my work with me if I need to? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. if we're driving around Tasmania mm. and yeah, I need to, to to jump onto my laptop. Yeah, and you know, punch out fifteen hours this week because I've got some stuff yeah. that I've taken on and it hasn't completed yet. Yeah. And, and ideally, we would have you know, yeah, I would have finished that case at this point in time or yeah. whatever it is that you're working on. But we can go and travel, yes. and I can I yeah. can do that fifteen hours for the week while yeah. we're on the road. So yeah. that's another one. That's a great point. That, you can that actually portability take your portability, huge. yeah. Because again, you you don't want this for most people. You want this to fit into your mm. semi-retirement. You don't want to then have to be beholden to. Well, I have to be in in a certain time in no. a certain place at a certain time because I've got all these commitments to these things. So that portability that, that's a that's a great um, a great one that I hadn't sort of thought about there is that you do see um, that that works works really well the other um the other the big one i I think to sort of or the last one that i've got here on my list is that who this fits for really well which is more around the financial situation that people are in is that you really want to be in a position where you're not reliant on or or you're reliant on as little of the income from this business as possible and and what we mean by that is um for example, we've seen this work really well where you've got a couple leading up to retirement and um, they're able to live on one income and, and the, the other spouse can set up their own business and can get, thing, can get things working and, and get it set up, but they're not reliant on, on money coming in from that business to, in order to meet their, their basic sort of living expenses because mm-hmm. I mean, like anything when you're starting, a, anytime you're having to stress about you know, trying to get money in the door as quickly as possible, you end up, um, you can end up cutting corners on, on what you do and, and the work and the type of work you're trying to do. And it's also just causes a lot of stress for people. So mm-hmm. what we sort of look at with people with, with this leading up to retirement is that you really want to, you know, you want to be getting this set up leading up to your retirement, but where possible, you, you don't want to be pulling a lever and going from, okay, you were working full-time, earning $100,000 a year. Now you've stopped work, but you need to replace that income very quickly. Mm. Where you really want to, What you really want to do is try and get in a position where, okay, well, we're in the ballpark of where we need to be in terms of retirement savings. We can dial down that income now and, and try and replace that gradually over time with this business income. Um, and I think where that's worked, well, you use the example um, we, with Kathy, with a lot of people where if you're working five days a week, 
what we see, if you've got the ability to dial down the amount of work that you're doing over time, so you might go from five days a week to three days a week and, and spend that extra two days you know, getting things set up and, and mm-hmm. trying to find you know your first few clients, your business, that kind of thing, is that if you're not reliant on income from those couple of days a week that you're working on that, it just takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, definitely. And and I had a thought that all the planets really need to align for you to be able mm. to do this. So, so you, to do it for purely financial reasons yep. is the wrong yes is the wrong place to start with. Yeah, you would just work full time for a longer yep. period of time until you have enough retirement savings. Yep. Um. Uh. To yeah. So so, I mean, to have overheads and yep. things like that yep. is the wrong yep you know, way the to way go. to go about it. Yeah. To be holding to Yep. You're to needing to earn X amount of income whilst yep. you're in retirement. Yep. Um, yeah. Nothing is guaranteed to make you dissatisfied with your yeah. customers and your clients <laughs> and your work if, if, if you're beholden to that, yes. to the need for that income to yep. come in. Yep. So, really, all of those things need to align. You need, yeah. it, it's something you need to be passionate about. Yep. Um, and it's something that you need to, to be able to get some enjoyment out of, some, yep. some fulfillment. Yeah. Um, in terms of, of of you're making a difference for people. Yes. And all of those things need to align. Yep. And it's 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 really I would say a, a capture all would it it should actually, believe it or not, enhance your retirement. Yes. So so, so continuing to work and yep. run a small business or um however you want to think about that yep. should actually enhance your retirement, not yep. not not detract from it. Yep, that's a, a great point to wrap up on. Like we said, the point of this is is to make things better. If if it's just going to cause you more headaches and, and more heartache, then then don't go down that road. And and you've really got to be able to think these. I think that's I guess why I just wanted to list those off. Is to, if you're thinking about going down this road, and and you, you listened to my first podcast and went yeah, and, and got all excited and went this is this sounds great. Oh, that's exactly what I want to do. You really want to think hard about this in advance. Don't don't jump in and, and do mm. something and and make a big commitment um, to to something that that like you said is not going to enhance your retirement. So uh, we'll we'll be back with the next part of this, which is the how. So we've talked. About, I guess we, we've got everyone pumped up with the why everyone should do it. Then we've gone through and, and probably crushed everyone's dreams with who should and shouldn't um, follow this strategy. And then part three of this will be if you've listened to part one and part two and you've thought. You know, this is this is for me. This is this is, well. This is potentially something that I could really think about. It is going to be a good fit for me, as you said. I think this might enhance my retirement and and help me live the lifestyle that I want. Uh, in part three, we'll go through the hows and and how to make that happen in a way that that will make your life better. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over Fifty podcast with Money Over Fifty Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.